0: Welcome to CFP Today, everybody. My name is Mark Ferguson at TSN underscore March at CF Perspective is where you can find us. Thank you to Fox 40, as always, for supporting everything we're doing around here. Go to their website, fox40shop.com. CFP 15 is the code you use at checkout of for 15% off of your entire order. I've always said uh, that I am going to take this podcast in whatever direction the season allows. There's always something to talk about in the CFL. But today's a little bit different because it's not really about the Canadian Football League. It has a tangential relationship, which I'll get to in a second. But for anybody who is on social media over the weekend, there's likely three things that you saw that kept popping up all over the place. Number one, uh, the fight in Montgomery, Alabama. That was wild. I, I, I hate watching those things, especially at a time where it's relatively quiet in the grand landscape of sports. But that stuff... <laughs> unbelievable. Like, people just hitting each other with chairs and all the rest. Those types of fights, not funny. When they happen on a dock in Alabama, it becomes a little bit funny. So that was the first thing you probably saw on social media. The second thing that you probably saw on social media, that baseball fight. Uh, That baseball fight was wild. I feel terrible for Tim Anderson, uh, but I also feel as though his social media just screams Antonio Brown at a point of some mental health concerns. So I'm a little worried about Tim Anderson because I think that it might be time for some people to uh, start looking at the person, not necessarily the player. So that's the second thing you probably saw on social media. The third thing you probably saw was Kevin Brown, the Baltimore Orioles announcer, who has been indefinitely suspended for the comments that he made for the Baltimore Orioles against the Tampa Bay Rays, specifically at Tropicana Field. The reason that I bring this up, okay, a baseball announcer talking about a team, I saw the comments that he made, and I'll play them right here for you so you can listen in and and make your own judgment. Brandon Hyde has felt like this has been maybe the toughest ballpark to play in, but the Orioles have a chance to do something special today. They've already clinched at least a split in the series, winning two of the first three, and they could pick up a series win behind Tyler Wells today. It's been a minute. The Orioles split a two-gamer with the Rays in June. They had lost their last 15 series. Here at Tropicana Field, you have to go back to when our now colleague Brad Brock picked up the win in the series finale June 25th, 2017. The last time the Orioles won a series here at St. Pete. Already got three and two of the top this year after winning three of 18 the previous three years combined. It is a stark difference, Ben, and it is not a bad race team. It's not like all of a sudden the race uh, became slouches in the American League East. They've led this division every day, but now two. And the Orioles, once again, are back alone in first place. So I saw the comments that he made. You know, last 16 series, 0-15-1, 15 straight series losses before the season. Last series win was 2017 at Tropicana Field for the Baltimore Orioles. This year, three wins in five games. Hey, they're doing better. Previously, three total wins in 21 games and the graphic was called tropical depression, right? Cuz it's it's been bad for the Baltimore Orioles in that spot at that field. All of those things were in the Baltimore Orioles notes package, produced by the Baltimore Orioles. They were then taken from the notes package, which is also something that we get in the Canadian Football League about, wow, did you know the Hamilton Tiger-Cats haven't won since, you know, 2000 and whatever in Calgary? When they broke that i believe last year with dane evans out there throwing a couple of touchdown passes to tim white but i i see that get produced and my immediate thought is that came from the notes produced either by the league or the team sometimes in conjunction sometimes we have teams in the cfl that will send their own individual game note, game notes to try and help us with our research sometimes it will just come from the league we use those notes we turn them into all of the production that you see on the broadcast, on the CFL and TSN. What that is, is basically the, the graphics people and the producers coming together and saying, hey, that's an interesting tidbit, let's build a board out of that. So it could be an example of, uh, you know, Jake Mayer in his career uh, playing at home for the Calgary Stampeders, just as something random to pick. And you say, here's how he looks at home, here's how he looks against uh, all the teams on the road. And you can see the difference, and it becomes a talking point for us, and we kind of bounce it around, and then you know, we use that as the context for what is happening in front of us as the game is played. That's all that this broadcaster, Kevin Brown, was doing. He was just taking the notes, the producer, the director, everybody else that was in the truck, the graphic, they were all in on it. Why is the dude who says it the one who's getting indefinitely suspended? And the broadcasting community, I think anybody who knows anything about how these things come to life on television understands that that dude is not at fault whatsoever. And it also, it was a completely benign statistic. It was like, hey, they've been bad here in the past, but they look better this year. The reason I bring this up, really, is that when I saw any time that I see a team, you know, because it's the teams and the rights holders have a complicated relationship where they end up going back and forth and sometimes being grumpy with each other because the team always wants to have glowing coverage of themselves, even if they completely suck. The Orioles don't suck. They're a first-place team in the AL East. But they have a past that needs to be mentioned as context for, wow, this is how they've been able to turn it around this season and have more success. That's all that he's doing. That's all that truck is doing. That's all that broadcast is doing. But the dude with the microphone in front of his face is the one who gets penalized for it. And I remember during the Hamilton Tiger Cats' 0-8 start in 2017, I was scared shitless the entire time because I was juggling for two months, how do I tell people honestly that this team is not good and not lose my job? I think it's, it's the greatest challenge that you have, especially as a rights holder and a partner, because that partnership is viewed very differently between whether it's the broadcast, the broadcast corporation, or the team itself. And as we know, owners are always going to see it significantly differently than anybody else will. But I, was, I remember in Hamilton just thinking, I'm not going to lie to the fans. The fans have eyes. Does the team that owns our broadcast rights want me to lie to the fans and tell them, oh, you know what, uh, this offensive line, they're actually not bad. No, you're watching the games. You saw that the 2017 Tiger Cats couldn't protect a damn thing. Now, I did get in some trouble because I sent out some Twitter clips of C.J. Gable not blocking anybody properly, and that pissed off a lot of people, including C.J. Gable, who was running around Tim Hortons Field allegedly looking for me the one day I didn't go to practice. With that being said, anytime that you have this relationship, it's really hard to straddle that line of, how can I be honest, give analysis which I am paid to do, and also not make the people that are helping to pay my salary upset? The most important thing in my mind, as a broadcaster, is having a boss, whether that is your director of live events, your producers, whoever's above you in the power chain, the corporation, they have to be able to protect you and say, listen, man, you do your job. We will cover for you. We believe in you. We pay you to analyze this team. If this team is bad, you have safety and protection from us. I don't know what the power structure is with the Baltimore Orioles. What I do know is whatever that setup is, they failed Kevin Brown. Because they didn't give him safety or protection they didn't allow him to simply do his job again on a statistic which was just telling the truth and had nothing really that negative to say about the organization other than hey it's been a tough couple of years that's on the people that are above Kevin Brown for not giving him more confidence to do his job and also not clapping back at the Orioles when they say get this guy the hell off the broadcast and you say why would we ever get him off the broadcast he was reading notes that came from the organization on how difficult the past has been in this team. I don't know what's going to happen with this story. I haven't been following it super closely. I just know when I saw that, I thought, man, that's a really, really difficult situation for the broadcaster and really unfair as well. And what it takes me to to round this out is, man, the job those guys on Ched are doing right now covering the Edmonton Elks is not easy. Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, the way that they are trying to be honest with fans well, not kowtowing to all things Edmonton Elks, not lying to the fans, they need to have a solid layer of protection because they got to be honest about what they're seeing this season, and I think they've done a hell of a job doing that in a really difficult spot. That's going to do it for CFP today. Thank you for listening. As always, looking forward to catching up with all of you in the next couple of days. Uh, got uh, a little bit of vacation time coming up uh, at the end of the month, but between now and then, going to be able to do at least five podcasts like this Per week, breaking things down for you around the Canadian Football League. I'm sure there'll be much, much more to talk about as we head towards week number 10 in the CFL season. Thanks for listening, everybody.